December the 10th is the day, of course, the tornado came through Kentucky and other areas. 12.15 that night, here's what a lady in Dawson Springs posted on Facebook. Our house is blown apart. We are trapped. And she, she gives her address. Please send help. Two hours and 45 minutes later, 3.03 a.m., here's what she posts. God is good. We are alive. The nice guys from the fire department rescued us. We are homeless now, but thank God we're here. Thank you, everybody. Sobering, that's just one story of a person who was trapped and rescued. Of course, we know some were recovered instead of being rescued. But many people have been rescued in our state over the past few days. Some were uncovered from debris. Others were picked up unconscious and, and taken to the hospital for, for treatment. And if you were not certain what it meant to be rescued prior to this week, surely by now we all know what it means to be rescued. When someone comes to deliver us from a situation in which we cannot help ourselves, that, that is the essence of what it means to be rescued. I don't know if you've ever thought of it in these terms or not, but Christmas is a story of rescue. We often use the word save, but rescue, deliver, save, they all refer to the same thing. If you're ever trapped in a burning building, you won't care whether somebody saves you, rescues you, or delivers you as long as you get out, right? These words are all the same family of meaning. And so Christmas is a story of rescue because God sent someone to deliver us. And his name is Jesus. Titus chapter 3, verses 4 through the first part of verse 5. This is what it says. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, appeared. That's, that's, that's the birth of Christ. When God appeared, he saved us. A, a tornado is sudden and immediately destructive. When the lady in Dawson Springs saw her house collapse around her, she instantly knew that she needed someone to rescue her. But not all of our needs are so self-evident. Uh, some people walk around for years feeling perfectly normal while, while cancer is spreading throughout their body. Some people... They go through their daily routine for years, uh, living in a state of, of just ignorant marital bliss, completely unaware that all the while their, their marriage is slowly one step at a time just disintegrating. Others have even sinned against God and become objects of his wrath. But that's the good news of Christmas. Because here's what the Bible says about Jesus. It says, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. 
you ever find yourself sick, trapped, or in any kind of a crisis? You'll long for someone to help you, for someone to rescue you. Friend, I want you to understand, that's what God did for us when he sent his son into this world. He sent his son to deliver us and to rescue us. And so Titus, this letter that Paul wrote to the young preacher Titus to help prepare him for a living in the world. He spoke about what God accomplished through his appearing as he sent his son, Jesus Christ. So I want to invite you to, for the next few moments, just to explore this passage with me. It's Titus chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 1 through 8. Would you join me in standing as we read this together? I said 1 through 8. We're going to look at 1 through 7. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy to all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But listen to this. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Let's pray together. Father, help us to understand this morning what it means that we can be heirs of eternal life. May we celebrate the appearing of your son, Jesus. May we worship him with our lives. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen. The Bible uses the words saved and delivered to speak about what God has done in our lives. To rescue us from ourselves. To rescue us from the consequences of sin. To rescue us even from our own sinful nature. And so if you're here today and you've been rescued, there was a time in your life that you needed to be rescued. Paul says to the young preacher Titus that remembering that we were once in need, realizing where we have come from, it's what gives us compassion to be kind and respectful to those 
who have not yet discovered what Jesus Christ can do for them. This is why Paul says to Titus in these first verses, he says, remind them, Titus remembers the young pastor, so he's telling him to remind his congregation, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities. Now, not always an easy thing to do when uh, you, you don't think that rulers and authorities have good moral character or good intentions. It's not always easy to do. But he says to do this, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, to show perfect courtesy toward all people. Now, I, I truly believe that these things that the Bible is teaching us are not natural for us. The Bible teaches us that having sinned against God, we take on a sinful nature. And that sinful nature manifests itself in a lot of ways. It manifests itself in terms of selfishness. And it's just not in our nature to be courteous to people who are not courteous to us. It's not in our nature to never speak evil of anyone. That's not in our nature. Gossip's in our nature. Slander's in our nature. To never say an unkind word about anybody, that's not in our nature. So how do we change and become this person that the, the Bible is calling us to be? Well, first, look at verse 3. We remember where we came from. He says, for we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. Now, not everything that's listed there may be descriptive of your personal life, but what Paul is describing is that people who were rescued by Jesus needed to be rescued. And when we look back at where God has brought us, he did it first by sending his son. That's what we're celebrating at Christmas. When God appeared, when we look back at what God has done in our lives and we remember where we come from, then it motivates us to be kind and compassionate to others who have not yet gotten where we are. You have to be careful because as we see in the Pharisees, when we begin to change our personal character, when we become to behave better, when we become obedient to God in different areas, uh, that, that sinful nature that's always getting in the way of everything, uh, even that, it can, it can mess up in our lives and cause us to become self-righteous. So that we look at people who are ungodly and wicked and instead of looking upon them with great compassion and mercy, showing kindness and respect for all people, we can become judgmental and critical. But the story of Christmas is that God rescued people who needed to be rescued. Jesus said that he didn't come for the righteous, 
but he came for sinners. He came for, to help those who were, were sick. And so Paul is telling the young preacher Timothy that, that it, all rulers and all authorities, it doesn't matter how ungodly they are. And if you go back and study Roman history, you'll see that the Roman Empire, the leaders that Paul was referring to, some vile, wicked people. And yet Paul said, because we've been changed, and we believe that God sent his son to change people. We believe that people can be changed. It motivates us to be respectful, even of people that in and of themselves have done nothing to deserve any respect. But at Christmas we celebrate when our Savior appeared. Notice what he says in verse 4. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. When the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. I know there's been a lot of tragedy in our state and, and even in our county here. But one good thing that has come from this storm is the outpouring of support and concern from the community. I hope you've been encouraged to see people work together to donate items, to pick up chainsaws, to go sort through debris and distribution centers. It's been amazing to see the cooperation. I can tell you that pastors in our community have communicated and cooperated this week like I've never seen them ever before. If nothing else, one good thing that we're seeing is a spirit of unity and kindness. Jesus, as he was speaking about goodness and giving good things, listen to what he said in Matthew chapter 7, 7 through 11. He said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be open. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? Of course, the implied answer is, well, nobody would do that. We, we all know how to give good gifts, right? We know how to be good to our children. That's the implied answer. And so listen to what Jesus says then about God. He says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Titus says, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared. When we look around the world and we see little pockets of good, we see people 
helping your neighbors. We see people donating food and blankets and batteries and candles. We see people giving to relief offerings. When we look around the world and we see people doing good, Jesus has taught us that God is infinitely more gracious and more good. Some people have a distorted view of who God is. And they see him as merely a judge on a throne. God is good and he is gracious and he is merciful. And at Christmas, the Bible says that's when his goodness and his loving kindness appeared when Jesus came. If you're going to rescue someone, you must be both able and willing. You must be able and willing. God is all-powerful, so he is able to rescue us. And he is good, so he is willing. When Jesus was born, our Savior appeared. To the person who is trapped in a burning building, there's no sight more beautiful than the firefighter coming to rescue us. When you come to understand that one day, as imperfect and a sinful person, you'll be unable to stand on your own before a perfect and holy God. There's no more beautiful sight than to see Jesus, your Savior, appear in the flesh to take upon himself the punishment that you and I deserved. What a Savior we celebrate at Christmas. Titus says... God, our Savior, appeared. In John chapter 1, verse 18, it says, No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side has made him known. I would encourage you, if you get a moment later today, Later this week, if you want to have a time of devotion and meditation, John 1.18, read that over and over again until you recognize what the Bible's saying in that verse. It says, no one has ever seen God, meaning no person has ever seen God. The only God, the Bible tells us that there's only one God who exists. There are many false gods in the world, but there's only one true God that actually exists. The only God, but listen to this, who is at the Father's side. Who is at the Father's side? The Bible teaches us that it's Jesus. And it says that he is the only God who is at the Father's side. And listen to this. He has made him known. Later down in verse 14, it says, And the Word, that's Jesus. And the Word became flesh 
and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. What we celebrate at Christmas is that God appeared. God came to save us. We can celebrate that when Jesus appeared, it was not to judge us, but to save us. John 3, 17, the verse after one of the most quoted verses in the Bible. John 3, 17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So Paul would go on to write to Titus in these next few verses. He saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. By the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. There's three things I want to point out to you in this passage. First, we are saved according to his mercy, not because of our works. Paul would write in verse 5, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. What great news that we celebrate at Christmas, that we're not saved according to our works. So we don't have to worry about trying to do more to get in. We don't have to worry about, have we done enough to cover what we've done? That's not how it works. God doesn't save us according to what we have done or according to what we will do. He saves us according to his mercy. There's a second thing I want you to see. The salvation that God brings about through Jesus is a spiritual work. It's a spiritual work. He says in verse 5, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. The salvation and the deliverance, the rescue that Jesus brings is a spiritual work. He does something for us that we, that we cannot do for ourselves. Saturday after the tornadoes, some folks contacted our family and asked if we could come and we could help. And so we went. We went down to Dawson Springs. We connected with uh, uh, one of the officers here from the Kentucky State Police. And, and at that time, because of the situation, the chaos, what was going on, we, we couldn't do anything to help. We couldn't do the very thing that we'd been asked to come and do. Perhaps 
This week, there may have been times that you sat at home and thought, I'd, I'd like to help, but I don't know. I don't know what to do. You see, there are times in our life when we want to help people, but we can't. There are times in our life that we want to help ourselves and we want to fix ourselves, but we can't. salvation that Jesus made possible when he appeared it's a spiritual work it's a work of God's Holy Spirit in which God does something for us that we cannot do for ourselves he brings forgiveness of sin he restores our soul he makes us into a new creation so that we can become like him third thing I want to show you from these verses is that when we were facing eternal death, Jesus appeared and offered us eternal life. In verse 7 it says, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Life physical body on this earth is it's very fragile it's more fragile than I think most of us realize Friday a week ago many people left this earth long before they were expecting that same week just a few days before I got a phone call I was, I was still, uh, I was still quarantined, uh, recovering from COVID, very sick. And Suzanne came in bedroom, and, and she says, she says we got a call. She says Tom Hain. And Tom is a man that I led to the Lord 20 years ago in Tennessee in a church plant. She came room. She says Tom Hain was in a car accident, and he died. Yesterday, I, I was in East Tennessee. I, I preached his funeral. His wife, 43 years old, three children, the youngest was 12, two girls, a boy. They all just sat across the front row. Uh, one of the most tragic, sad funerals I, I've ever preached. And I was just thinking, None of us expected that. From our perspective, he was taken long before his time. But today, because of what Jesus accomplished when he appeared, because that man put his faith in Jesus even though his body has been destroyed he lives because Jesus came so that we might be heirs of eternal life you see we're more than just this physical body we have a soul and the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ 
And one day, when the Lord returns, all those who have gone on in death, having died in faith, will return with him. And the Bible says that there's going to be a resurrection. And those souls will be reunited with those resurrection bodies. It won't be like our present body. It won't have a sinful nature. It won't be susceptible to disease. Romans, I'm sorry, Revelation 21 tells us that we're going to a place where there's no more death and no more crying, where the former things have passed away. Do you know why one day the former things will have passed away? It's because Jesus appeared and rescued us. Today, if you've never put your faith and your trust in him, in just a moment when we begin to sing, I want to invite you to call on the Lord. This is his promise, not mine. His word says this, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Christmas is not about parties. It's not about family gatherings. It's not about presents. Christmas is about Jesus appearing so that you can have eternal life. If you've never received that gift, I want to invite you to receive it now in faith. If you need help making a decision, then when we begin to sing, if you'll step out and come forward, I'll pray with you, encourage you, answer any questions you have to the best of my ability, and together we will call on the Lord. Let's pray now. Father, we give thanks for what your Son has made possible. Lord, help us to believe, help us to worship, help us to celebrate. Father, for every person that remains on this earth, still breathing, still having time to make a decision, God, help us to be faithful witnesses, bearing this message of hope that they too might be rescued. For the next few moments as we sing, Lord, have your way in our hearts. For it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.